Well, friends, we're continuing a series of messages that uh, has been interrupted and after a long hiatus through the season of Lent and a few other Sundays too, we're now coming back to it. We're looking at the Ten Commandments and sometimes referring to the Catechism. I'd like to do that today, refer to the Catechism. The Eighth Commandment is, of course, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. So if you could turn in your hymnals, the gray-colored hymnal in front of you, page, page 913, 913, I'll read the, um, well, I'll read the answers, and I'll have you ask the questions this time, since they're fairly lengthy answers there. Page 913, <laughs> thinking about um, Exodus 20, verse 15, you shall not steal. So, why don't you read me the question, congregation, saying together, what does God forbid in the Eighth Commandment? He forbids not only outright theft and robbery, punishable by law, but in God's sight, theft also includes cheating and swindling our neighbor by schemes made to appear legitimate, such as inaccurate measurements of weight, size, or volume, fraudulent merchandising, counterfeit money, excessive interests, or any other means forbidden by God. In addition, he forbids all greed and pointless squandering of his gifts. And then please ask, what does God require of you in this commandment? That I do whatever I can for my neighbor's good, that I treat others as I would like them to treat me, and that I work faithfully so that I may share with those in need. Thank you. Let's go to our God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would guide us now through your Holy Spirit, that your spirit would move in this place, move in our hearts, as we in a moment or two also open up your word. We pray that your word would transform us, transform our lives, so we can see what it means to obey this commandment, the eighth commandment, you shall not steal, what it all means for us. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, beloved in Christ, I have a friend who is a car buff. When you hang around with friends like that, I'm sure you know, you hear things like, all right, let's take this baby, this car, out for a spin, see what she can do. And off he goes, excitedly ignoring posted speed limits and hitting the highway at breakneck speed. Sound familiar to any of you? Bring back memories of the first few years after you got your driver's license, or maybe memories more recent than that. Shame on you. Carboffs include people of all ages, men and women alike. Let's take this baby out for spins, see what she can do. That's what we'll do with the Eighth Commandment today. You shall not steal. We'll kick the tires, check under the hood, see what it's got, then go for a spin. And before we do that, let's get a closer look. Let's... Uh, Let's lay down the frame. There it is. Car frame. A frame needs a lot of things attached to it to make it go, of course, like axles, because attached axles are wheels and eventually tires, so we add axles. Two axles attached to the frame. They go across the frame, a front and a rear axle. And today we'll think of those axles as what undergirds this eighth commandment. Two reasons, that is, for the commandment, you shall not steal. And we'll find those in Ephesians 4, if you haven't turned there already, verses 20 through 28. Ephesians 4, 20 
through 28. Ephesians chapter 4, 20 through 28, page 1667 in the Bibles provided for you, 1667. Ephesians 4, verse, or chapter 4, verses 20 through 28. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church in Ephesus. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truths that with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing, there it is, must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what are they, these two reasons, these two axles? First one, and this is the one that is attached by the, to, by the drivetrain to the engine. If we're talking about a car with front-wheel drive, this is the front axle. This is the axle that has the power. Now, this particular vehicle has all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, but let's just pretend it's front-wheel drive. Now, in these verses, Paul is making a distinction between those who know Christ and those who don't. And we kind of entered into that in the middle. He's been talking about those who don't know Christ. Now he's focusing on those who do. So in verse 20, he says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So we're down to the nuts and bolts truth that is in Jesus Christ. What is that truth? Well, here it is. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Beautiful language, isn't it? Paul says, truth is, you're a follower of Christ now. You're in Christ. That means a work is going on inside your heart. Your old self is being put off, put to death. And it's a cooperative effort between you and the Holy Spirit. Together, you are putting off the old self. Together, putting on the new self. Putting off the old self filled with deceit and corruption the way the devil wants us to live. And putting on the new self filled with righteousness and holiness. Demonstrating the likeness of Jesus Christ. The likeness of God in your lives. The Holy Spirit and you, in cooperation, are putting on that new self. Created just for you. So you look like Jesus. Now, that reason, that axle, undergirds our following of the Eighth Commandment. You shall not steal. Why? Because you're united to Christ now. And the Spirit and you, together, are putting the old way of life behind you. And bringing on the new way of life that is all about Christ's righteousness and holiness. 
The need for us to obey the Eighth Commandment rests on the righteousness and holiness of God that he, by the Holy Spirit, is bringing to life in us. In other words, God is righteous and holy, and because we belong to him, he wants us to start to look like him, righteous and holy. So deceit and corruption aren't supposed to be in our cargo space anymore. They're supposed to be tossed out of our cargo space, and righteousness and holiness are to be loaded up our cargo space. That's the first reason, first axle, the one with the power for obeying the eighth commandment. Second axle is found in verse 28. End of, the ver end of the verses we read. Second one follows the first. Rear axle follows the first, or follows the front. Where the axle with the power goes, so goes this one. If you have front wheel drive to that front axle, well, the rear axles, the rear wheels should follow right where the front wheels go. It's a reason that is also a result. In other words, if you obey this commandment, because you are tossing the old self and loading up the new self, this will result. But when it results, it's just one more reason to obey. And here it is. Verse 28 says, Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands. And now we have here is the result, but it's also another reason. That they may have something to share with those in need. Why obey the command? So that you may have something to share with those in need. That's why you will have something to share and you will actually share it because that's the result of putting off the old self and putting on the new. It's a reason for obeying the command, but it's also the result of the power of that first reason, of that front axle. Where that front axle with the power goes, the rear axle goes too. When you're putting on the new self, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness, you start sharing with those in need. And then sharing with those in need just becomes one more reason to obey the Eighth Commandment. So we have our two reasons, our two axles, the front and the rear. It's what undergirds everything else we say from this point. Keep it in the back of your minds. And so now we talk about the command itself, the body of the car, if you will. Look at that car, would you? Chevy 1957 Chevy Bel Air, beautiful, beautifully painted there. That's the color for Mother's Day, all right? There's the Mother's Day reverence right there. <laughs> Savor it. <laughs> and then we move on. What many people think of when they think of a car, right? The body of the car. The body, multiple parts, doors, windows, fenders, bumpers, side panels, rear panels, roof, trunk, hood, and so on. The Eighth Commandment has multiple parts also. There's a you shall not part, and there's a you shall not steal. There's also this, this is what you shall do instead part, a negative part, what you shouldn't do. A positive part, what you should be doing, you shall not steal, but you, you shall do, and we fill in the blank. Don't do the negative, do instead the positive. The body of the commandment sort of goes with tossing off the old self, loading up the new self. Don't do the negative. Instead, do the positive. Rhythm to it. Don't do the negative. Instead, do the positive. Now, let's open a door. Look in that body. What do we see? Rows of seats. Front row, front seat, 
back row, back seats. So we ask, what in my life needs to take a back seat because of the Eighth Commandment? What shouldn't I be doing anymore? What needs to be pushed further and further back in my life, first taking a back seat, then eventually tossed out the window as garbage? And no, I'm not encouraging you to litter. The analogy breaks down short of that, all right? No, those old way of life sins end up in neat little piles that get picked up by Department of Corrections inmates or adopt a highway spring cleaners and they get thrown into the dump for good. So we ask, what needs to take a back seat in my life because of the Eighth Commandment? What needs to be discarded and left on the side of the highway that was once part of my life, maybe it was a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, if I could get a picture of my whole Christian life zipping along a highway from the air, or, or think about little Preston Ursh, so little right now, but one day he looks back on his entire life. Are there going to be Eighth Commandment sins that fill up the backseat of his car and eventually are tossed onto the road, never to rear their ugly heads again? Sins he leaves to dry and to to die and to dry out and to decompose and disintegrate and be dumped, never to be sinned again in his life. Well, beloved, it all starts with him tossing them in the back seat, with those sins taking a back seat. But what are they? Those, those things are, the Eighth Commandment says we aren't supposed to be doing and should take a back seat. The Catechism gives four things we aren't supposed to be doing anymore. And here they are. First, catechism says, God forbids theft and robbery outright, punishable by law. Theft. Don't do it. God forbids it. Ever seen a thief, a shoplifter? Maybe you have. Maybe, maybe you've done it. It's, it's not pretty. One time, Allison and I were in, were in Sears, and we were walking through the, the, the craftsman tool section, and, and all of a sudden, a woman came flying past us, running for the door. And behind her, chasing her, was a plainclothes security guy. And then another one from a different direction converged. And the one grabbed hold of her, had her down on the ground, and they tackled her. And within six seconds, she was handcuffed. And she was screaming and swearing and denying. And they looked in her big bag. And sure enough, there was the product she never paid for. They quickly escorted her away as if nothing was happening. It was quite dramatic, though, for those who were there watching, myself and Allison. We weren't even involved. But the way our hearts were beating, wow. <sighs> and I have to tell you, it was not a nice thing to see. Stealing outright theft never is. God forbids that, obviously. He says, that's the old self way to live. That will wind you up in jail. But more than that, in no way does it exhibit the righteousness and holiness of Jesus Christ. And you are his. You don't live that way. That kind of activity takes a back seat now, gets tossed in the back, and eventually is supposed to die on the road. Now, theft isn't always that dramatic, of course. Taking money out of your little brother's piggy bank when he's not looking is theft. Cheating on a test with a casual glance over at the smart kid of the class's paper is theft. Plagiarism, copying paragraphs for your paper that someone else wrote for theirs, 
Not giving them credit is theft. How about sneaking into places that charge admission? Passing your kids off as 12 and under when they're not. How about vandalism? Wrecking someone's property. Wrecking church property just to be, well, cool. How about shortchanging the IRS by failing to report income? How about bringing something back to the store you broke and saying it was broke when you got it? How about putting in three hours work for your company when, well, you're supposed to work eight? God says it's outright theft, outright wrong. And it's wrong because you're supposed to be putting off the old self so that you can look like Christ now in true righteousness and holiness, tossing that kind of thing in the back seat. Second, how about cheating? Cheating our neighbors by schemes made to appear legitimate. Examples? Sure. Selling good merchandise you know to be defective. Garage sailing. You, you want to make a buck. person asks you, well, does that thing work? And you say, yeah, it works. And your wife looks at you after the sale and says, why did you tell him it works? And you respond, well, he, he didn't ask me if it worked well. Here are some others, overcharging, lending with exorbitant interest, lending to the needy with interest at all. And depending on the need, lending as opposed to giving it away. Once again, cheating on a test. The statistics about cheating in school are staggering. I'm sure you know that. Students, keep your eyes on your own tests. Who are you trying to kid? Teachers in some schools cheat. Their salary is attached to how well their students do in their class. So the easy thing to do is, well, let's just inflate that grade a little bit. Or worse, even do the work for them. One teacher recently got caught doing this. The administration got a hold of a test, and the teacher's handwriting was all over the test. And the student was given credit by her for the work she did for him. And these aren't isolated incidents either. Don't cheat. Who in the world do we think we're helping by cheating? Borrowing from someone with no intention of returning it. Being on a committee or a team and letting everyone else do the work. Being a church member and contributing nothing. And it's not just financial contributions either. Coming to church because, well, I want to get filled up with Christ, but don't you dare ask me to let any service for Christ drip out of me. I come to get filled. I don't come to serve. What is that supposed to be if not cheating and wrong? That gets tossed in the back seat. Third, greed is forbidden. We shouldn't want or take more than we need. Spending money, doing things only for ourselves, finding satisfaction in only the best and in only the most, best house, best car, best job, best clothes, best food, most money, most big kid toys, most friends, most straight A's, most electronics. Accompanying this, a warped sense of competition, have to outdo the Joneses. Sure, we're good friends, but I can't let him get away with a camper like that one. Got to get me a bigger and better one. That's greed. It's forbidden by God. It gets tossed in the back seat. Fourth, waste. We are in a land of waste. You all know that in our affluent country, wasting food, wasting electric, heat, water, but not just natural resources. What about our heads? 
I can't learn in school. I don't want to work that hard. God gave you a brain to use for his glory. Do you settle for mediocrity when you know inside you can do better? How about wasting time? When does watching TV or swiping on your phone become a waste of time? Sooner than we think. How about talent? What talents do you know you have and you aren't putting them to use and you don't really care either? Or think, I've used my gifts enough. Done my time. Let someone else do it now. Time for cruise control for me. Friends, that is waste. I know the gospel, but don't ask me to share it. That's a waste of what God gave us to share. Waste is a shall not of the Eighth Commandment, and it's supposed to be tossed in the back seat. Now, that's the back seat. What's the front? What does the Eighth Commandment say we're supposed to be doing? The Catechism answers that question the same way three times. What can we do? Whatever we can for our neighbor's good. Treat others as we would like them to treat us. Work faithfully to share with those in need. That's Ephesians 4, 28 all over again. You can summarize it with one word, share. Share. Don't steal. Share instead. It's a message we teach our children from day one. Jordan and Jeannie, I'm sure, will teach Preston, you've got to share. When we teach our kids to share, we want them to know how to play together with others. Sharing is not just about possessions. It's about our relationships. Once again, we follow the lead of God. God shared himself in relationship to us, infinitely shared himself, shared his own son, Jesus, with us, who did what? Endured the punishment for our sins, died on the cross, forgiving our sins, and then rose for us to give us eternal life. But it would have all been for naught had Jesus Christ not entered into our lives, sharing his very self with us in relationship. And so this sharing activity of God filters into our lives with other people, our neighbors. Our neighbors, beloved, are right here in these rows, some needing you now in ways they've never needed you before because of some circumstance. Our circumstances in life sometimes change overnight. Our needs one moment totally different than our needs the next. The Eighth Commandment says we have an obligation to see someone's needs and to do what we can to meet them, sharing our lives with others. We do that for our brothers and sisters in Christ, the neighbors sitting right here. But our neighbors are also out there beyond these four walls. They are down our streets, too waiting for a relationship where one of us does whatever we can for their good, treats them as they would like, as we would like them to treat us, works faithfully to share our life with them. Those neighbors are out there, and God calls us to get into relationships with them, yes, even with those who do not know Jesus, to share with them, show them we care, show love to them, to reach out with the gospel to, of Jesus to them. 
Our Lord says in this commandment, share yourself with them. Get into their lives. Get to know them. Get to see what their needs are. Invite them. Eat with them. Show them Christ whether they know him or not. Whether it's your neighbor sitting right now, three rows back over your left shoulder, or your neighbor living three doors down from you. Share your lives with them. Love them. Show them Christ. So friends, shall we put on the new self? Shall we throw this eighth commandment life sharing that we may do, that the eighth commandment gives us license to do, shall we throw that into the front seat and drive and zip along in the Christian life? That is true living. What do you say, beloved? What do you say we take this eighth commandment living out for a spin, see what it can do. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you give us a command like this one that means so much more than just that one little sentence, you shall not steal. There's so much packed into that. And we're thankful that your Holy Spirit is working in cooperation with us. And so we pray that we would stay out of the Spirit's way, that we would be open to the Spirit's leading and directing in our lives, and that we would work together, that we would work together in this putting off the old self way of life and putting on the new self in righteousness and holiness, that that process that sometimes we call sanctification becoming more and more like Jesus, that we work in partnership and cooperation with the Holy Spirit, that we would realize that's what you want us to be. You want us to throw the old way out the window, to throw it in the dump. But then, with that new self, speed forward in the Christian life, exhibiting the righteousness the holiness of Jesus Christ. Help us to have that mindset, to have that heart, to try this on, to take it out for a spin and see what it can do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.